Welcome to Fringe Division. degrees. Hello and welcome to Fringe Division, a spoiler-free rewatch podcast of the hit TV show Fringe. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Martin. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 2, Night of Desirable Objects. It aired on the 24th of September 2009, written by Jeff Pinkner and J.H. Wyman. It was directed by Brad Anderson. Yes, it was. The, the, the director of the movie where Christian Bale's very, very skinny. Um, and not the Admiral from Star Trek Discovery. No, never. Um, but at least you got to mention Star Trek. Um, let's start a Star Trek podcast. No. Uh, Hooray! So... <laughs> let's start a Red Dwarf podcast. Let's start a Star Trek podcast. Um, Babylon 5 podcast. Uh, Babylon 5 is a big pile of shit. Um, so, Martin. Hi. Hello. Okay. It's really, really good. What um, What did you think of this episode of Fringe? Didn't like this episode of Fringe. That's all I have time for. Um, yes, it wasn't very good. <laughs> it, was, it was quite dull. I really like the stuff with Not Charlie. And I like the stuff with Walter and Peter. And I like that Astrid got a bit of a shot during the stuff with Walter and Peter. And the stuff with Olivia uh, and uh, getting over her, you know, injuries. But, oh, the actual A-plot was a snoozer. It reminded me a lot of um, Buffy. Really? Season 7 of Buffy. The, the the demon that um, paralyzes you and eats uh, yeah. your flesh, and that was before this. Yeah, and also Olivia, like hearing people's thoughts, reminded me of earshot. Wasn't that um, Doug Jones playing that demon? And and Buffy probably was. Who you can currently see on Star Trek Discovery. Yes, exactly. Yes, um, always goes back to Star Trek. Let me just fact check that. Yeah, you fact check that. No, that was Camden Troy. Ignore me. Uh, oh, Cam, Cam, yeah, Camden Troy, because he was also one of the. He was the other gentleman on Buffy. Yeah, but he he did other things in Buffy as well. Mm. He did quite a lot of Buffy monsters. Vanar was basically crap golem. Yeah. Well, we just start the plot, and then we'll just talk about things as we go. All right. Okay. Right in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. A highway construction worker hears a, uh, hears an odd noise in a cornfield and is pulled down into a tunnel by a mysterious, unidentified creature. Using a lighter for sight, he sees the remains of other creatures and is then eaten by the creature um, off-screen. A lot of creatures there. It's a creature feature. It is. He sees remains. Um, yeah, creature feature. So, the woman's seen... 
Uh, I don't find Scarecrow as particularly scary. Do you? No. No. No, they're uh, supposed to scare crows and not people. Yeah. I think you're supposed to think there's something going on with the Scarecrows. Because they've focused on them quite a lot. Jimmy is of a generation that is predetermined to feel affection for Scarecrows due to the television series Wurzel Gummidge. You know, thanks for saying that and not Wizard of Oz. Because then I would have to have travelled down to England and kicked the shit out of you for saying I'm old enough to watch like Wizard of Oz um, when it first came out or something. But yeah, Wurzel Gummidge. For those of you who don't know, Wurzel Gummidge was a Scarecrow. Played by John Pertwee, who was Doctor Who at one point. And later um, Mackenzie Crook, who wasn't. Yes, exactly. Oh, that Mackenzie Crook one's scary as fuck. That is... <laughs> <laughs> that, the Mackenzie Crook one is an actual, you know, scary scarecrow. Um, and he's not supposed to be. Wurzel Gummidge is supposed to be lovable, but hey-ho. Based in children's books, I think, Wurzel Gummidge. But I did used to watch Wurzel Gummidge. Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. And that actually brightened my day. <laughs> That's what I'm Gummidge. here for. Right. Uh, meanwhile. Meanwhile. Walter investigates Olivia's car crash from the previous episode. He believes she travelled to a parallel universe that is similar to theirs, but she still cannot remember with whom she met with or why. So, I forgot to mention this last week. I'm glad they didn't give Olivia, like, full amnesia. Yeah, they gave her TV amnesia. They gave her TV amnesia. It's still really fucking annoying that she can't remember William Bell for plot purposes. That is annoying, but at least she remembers who she is, who Walter is, and who Peter is, um, and all of that jazz. But forgetting that she met with William Bell annoys me. Having recovered enough from the crash, Olivia is released from the hospital and is watched by the shapeshifter who has killed Charlie Francis and adopted his appearance. And suddenly made him more interesting. Yeah, made him more menacing and interesting and yeah, he just like glowers mm. like he's just about to like pinch your lunch money. Peter learns of mysterious disappearances taking place in Lansdale. You know when Walter's trying to recreate the car accident? Yeah. Do you think think that's the frog from the titles? (laughs) That's got the the Omega symbol or whatever it is in its back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Probably. I wonder if it makes any more appearances. Those scenes were certainly riveting. Uh, Walter finds a blue paralytic substance at the scene which he suspects is from mutated DNA the investigation leads to a local resident Andre Hughes who tells him he lost his wife and baby in childbirth no mention of the sheriff here but let's talk about the sheriff Martin Mm. the sheriff yeah sheriff is played by Charles Martin Smith well he, he did a lot of like bit parts and like the untouchables and stuff like that. The t- the, the movie starring Kevin Costner and Sean Connery. But he's also a director. It was a face I knew but I couldn't place. Yeah. And um, he directed the pilot episode to a little TV show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Ooh. So he, I've seen that one. Yeah. He directed Welcome to the Hellmouth. Olivia begins to develop super hearing as a result of crossing to the parallel universe and here's someone else in Hughes' house despite him saying he's the only one there. She ventures upstairs to investigate. After failing to find anything, she accidentally fires her weapon, narrowly missing Peter. Yeah, that wasn't narrowly missing. That was basically he should have been hit, but they took it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the bullet went Mm. through him. (laughs) Peter was oddly forgiving, I have to say. He was, wasn't he? Mm. He wants to bang her, so... There's still limits. (laughs) Um, I don't know when it happens, but let's talk about it anyway. So the the phone call. After the phone call between Olivia and Charlie, who's not Charlie, there's a really weird sort of loud music sting and transition to not Charlie. It's like she hangs up the phone and the music goes... And it shows him and like he does this weird sort of face and then he walks into the shop. And it's like, yeah, we know he's bad. We know. We know he's evil. Well, yeah, because there's a sting. That's how you know. No, but we already know that he's not Charlie. Unless you didn't watch last week's episode, in which case... Yeah, that's a week ago. Yeah. Who's going to remember that? <laughs> but they already did it with earlier on when he's sitting in the car. Yeah, but you might what you might have just tuned in when you were channel skipping. Maybe. But it was really obnoxious, that loud music... Uh, that loud music... Um, Sting, and it wasn't needed. Could I just uh, cut to him walking into the shop? That would have been fine. You know? Because yes. he walks into the shop and then goes and uses the typewriter. He's evil. They bring Hughes in for questioning and he refuses to give them a blood sample for their investigation. Nina Sharp talks to Olivia and recommends she see a friend, Sam Weiss, who helped, her, who helped put her back together after she was diagnosed with cancer. Is that the first time we're learning that she had cancer? No, I think you find that out Before? when she talked about her arm. Right, okay. Um, so I just zoned out then. Agent Amy Jessup um, and Olivia believe Hughes may have killed his wife and son. When they exhume their bodies, they find the baby's casket is empty. Hughes commits suicide, however, before they can question him further. So, um... Jessup turns up about 23 minutes into the episode and I don't even think she has any lines. To be honest, I think I was looking at my phone at this point and didn't even notice her. Yeah, she goes into the house um, and she finds a Bible because it's all about the Bible with Amy Jessup Um, and she discovers that the wife and son were murdered. I really wonder what happened here because... You don't introduce a character like that only to not use them the next episode. And I wouldn't say it was um, Meghan Markle's performance that uh, was at fault. Mm-hmm. It's just a very weird thing all round. Well, I don't know if we should talk about it or not. <laughs> well, last week you said we could. Right, do you want to talk about it? She's the one that married Prince Harry. She is, yeah. Um, This is Amy Jessup's last episode. And we never see her again. Never, ever, ever see her again. Ever. Um, So, yeah, sorry, spoilers. But uh, Mm. Meghan Markle has finished her run in um, Fringe. 
and the second episode she doesn't even have any fucking lines so yeah from what I could gather Amy Jessup is a casualty of the same sort of thing that happened to Charlie because it happened around about the same time right they wanted to start to focus more on Olivia and Walter and Peter so once they discovered that like two episodes in they were like right we've just introduced another character maybe we should write her out so they write her out and that's that's what happened basically with Kirk Avocado or whatever his name is um, he didn't really take the news that he was getting let go uh, lately he posted on Facebook and sort of ranted a little bit um, that he got fired and he's never been fired from anything in his entire life uh, but then the executive producer came out and says well no he's not been fired because he's still on the show <laughs> he's just not playing Charlie Francis as Charlie Francis so yeah so it's just a weird thing I think they started writing these first two episodes right and they hadn't quite discovered what they were doing but I think while they were writing maybe this episode they were like right the Walter and Peter stuff we can focus more on that because it's re- their relationship's really sweet in this episode and it has been like that since the finale of last season yeah and more on Olivia's superpowers so Jessup and to an extent Charlie are both just sort of casualties of that decision um, at least Charlie is still around the actor's still around Meghan Markle just doesn't come back and it's baffling considering how much they set her up it's like Mandy on the West Wing well not really Mandy got a full fucking season of being annoying yeah but then just wasn't in the next episode and it was never mentioned again yeah the end of the West Wing season one is that not the one with the shooting yeah right well Mandy was there but then Mandy just disappears in season two mm-hmm. um, the just have said that Mandy died but they don't. She's just not there anymore. So that's that. Uh, we don't usually like spoiling things in this, but we wanted to talk about the fact... Well, I did, because I'm the only one fucking talking. But I wanted to talk about the fact that Meghan Markle is no longer on the show as of this episode. Thoughts, Martin? Um, I mean, she did all right for herself. She was in suits after this. So. Not according to the Daily Mail. Oh. Um, I do find it funny how Netflix just creates um, random thumbnails for shows that don't always reflect those shows particularly accurately. Mm. Um, And the um, thumbnail for Suits was a lady in a bikini. Well then. It's like, why, why, why isn't it someone... Wearing a suit is pretty self-explanatory. Exactly. I am a bit. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed at the the Jessup thing. Yeah. Because of how much time she got in the last week's episode, they still they focus on her looking at all the the Bible stuff, and she even looks at a Bible in this episode just to sort of remind you that there's Bible stuff going on. And then I don't. I can't remember if the Bible stuff is dropped, but Jessup's dropped. 
So I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Bible stuff ever comes yeah, back. Again. I don't think it does because it just it, it dies with Agent Jessup, who's still alive, but just not in the show. And it, she might be an amber. She might be, yeah. Um, and Walter's got her stashed away somewhere. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, that that's it for Agent Jessup. She's not even in the rest of this episode. Uh, they exhume the body. The and the empty casket and that's it she's gone so Mm -hmm. pointless Walter discovers that Hughes' wife had a form of lupus and was incapable of having children Hughes genetically altered the baby to enable his survival and after birth and you're not really supposed to do that no that's not a clever thing to do and he's supposed to be a scientist is he supposed to be a scientist (laughs) <laughs> uh, he was just a bit of a hillbilly, wasn't think, he? Yeah. Um, I don't even... Uh, he just did it like in his a room and upstairs in his house. You know, it wasn't like mm. he had a lab or anything. Uh, like Walter. Yeah, exactly. Walter's lab. I'm assuming Walter's lab is cleaner than this guy's lab. Because um, this guy... Oh, yeah, they've got Astrid. I was just going to say that. Yeah, this guy doesn't have Astrid to do all the cleaning. Mm. Um, uh, it developed into a super baby... And began feeding on people. Aren't babies supposed to do that? What, eat people? Feed on people. Well, breastfeeding, yes. Well, not people. Their mothers. Preferably. You know, you don't see many men breastfeeding. For a reason, Martin. Because uh, men are too fucking lazy and, you know. Uh, Olivia and Peter travel back to Hughes' house and are attacked by the creature when investigating the basement and its nearby tunnels. Oh no, what a surprise. I know. But when I was watching that when Olivia gets grabbed and dragged away into the tunnel, I was like, well, it's Olivia, nothing's going to happen. Um, although maybe back in the day I was like, oh, oh, this is where Olivia dies because we'll get Jessup now. Um, when that happens... Anator screams so fucking loud I had to turn my telly down. <laughs> it was really loud. And my mum was sleeping upstairs and I was watching the TV downstairs late at night so I had to turn it down. That So thanks, Anator. And, and your mum was like, Jimmy, what are you screaming at? Yeah, exactly. There you go shouting Peter again, Jimmy. <laughs> and, uh... Jessup is like, there's another Bible connection. <laughs> Jessup, may she be in this show for a very long, long time. Oh, we've already said she's not right. <laughs> uh, see, I don't like spoiling things, but there's no fucking point. You know, there's there's just no Well, it's point. not really a spoiler, because when else would we talk about it? I was wanting to leave it to the end of the season and just go, wait a minute, where, where, where's Jessup? Mm-hmm. But, but no one would remember her by then. People would have forgotten her by then, mm. as well they should. Uh, no, that's not fair. I, I, she she was an interesting enough character, but yeah. Anyway, hmm. uh, the creature attempts to escape by digging out, but is killed by a police car parked above um, ground upon collapsing into the tunnel there by crushing the creature. So that was the sheriff's car. Yeah. Um, and the synopsis here doesn't even mention the sheriff's car because the creature kills the sheriff just before. But not the deputy. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, but yeah because just before they go back the, the creature kills the sheriff pulls him underground and then it gets killed by karma when the police karma falls on it 
I always like it when I make you laugh, Martin. <laughs> um, at Nina's recommendation, Olivia meets with Sam Weiss, who works at a bowling alley. He tells her to expect headaches as one of the consequences of crossing universes. The final scene shows the shapeshifted Charlie communicating with someone from the parallel universe who tells him to make Olivia remember her experience crossing over. What did you recognise Sam Weiss from? Fringe. I recognised him as Professor Professorson from Community. All right, I don't watch Communities. I'm what? Sure. Oh, we need you to know, do a Community rewatch podcast. You know I haven't watched Community. We've talked about this many, many times, and you wanted to do a Community podcast, and I said, well, it won't be a rewatch podcast because I haven't seen it, and I don't want to do a first-time watch podcast in case I hate the fucking thing. Well, you could have uh, watched it since I recommended it, because I said it was good. I watched the first couple of episodes. Um, Zarban likes it. Zarban likes Midsummer Murders. N- not even people in the UK like Midsummer Murders. So I'm not listening to what Zarban likes, alright? I've never seen Midsummer Murders. No, neither have I. <laughs> I was quite disappointed to learn it was set in a town of Midsummer and not some sort of uh, Wicker Man style pagan shenanigans yeah but uh yeah he's been in loads of stuff he was in uh true lies and uh stuff like that what was he yeah um yeah so just the synopsis doesn't mention it but the the title of the episode night of desirable objects is a reference a reference to, to you jimmy yeah i'm sexy um it's a reference to uh fishing equipment that Peter has and he takes he's going to take Walter fishing it was on the nose um I don't know if you want to cut this into a different part I, it, it was really on the nose but I did really enjoy Peter just walking in and seeing angling equipment and talking fishing to the sheriff and mm. getting what they need um because that sort of felt like what they were setting Peter up to be more in the first season and sort of moved away from and I quite enjoyed seeing that side of him again. I do like it when Peter gives a crap about his own father. Yeah. Yeah. I like when, like, it's really difficult to pull off a character who's got, like, street smarts and not have him come across like a TV character written to have street smarts. And I think Peter is good with people and when they're able to play to that, it is a Thing that makes Fringe stand out. That's true. There was a couple of times in season one where they, they did sort of fall out of that trap where he was just sort of it just seemed like he was a character written that way. Yeah. Um, and they also forgot they had street smarts sometimes. When they write him as being like a huckster or whatnot, it sort of feels a bit too cliche, but here having him just be someone who knows how to talk to people to get you know get them to like you it's a good use of the character yeah peter's a good character and by doing that it emphasizes the difference between him and olivia uh which is good because you don't want all your cast to be the same no especially peter who is something of a xander here who is sort of and i'm here too occasionally yeah but giving him more to do with Walter sort of takes him out of that. Like, making yeah. him actually care about Walter now. 
mm. um, takes him out of that sort of Xander. Um, uh, when Peter gets his um, the Zeppo episode, then <laughs> you know, uh, then we need to worry. But... Well, Walter's like the kooky one, and Olivia's the uh, you know, oh, the FBI one with the gun and the being able to move the plot along, and Peter's just the guy. Yeah, he's just there. Mm. Um, I mean, so is Astrid. Astrid's just there, but Peter is supposed to be one of the main three, you know, and he's supposed to be mm. Walter's son, so he has that connection, whereas Astrid doesn't know anyone at the beginning of the series. Yeah. So it's, it makes more sense that they're giving him more to do now, Mm. Um and making him actually give a shit about Walter. Yeah. Uh, and there was a really sweet moment, that scene. Mm. Um, Walter not really... I, I don't know... You don't really know if Walter, if he did understand what Peter meant. Peter meant... Uh, he was talking about Walter. Um, yes. I don't know if Walter realised that, and he was just, you know, pretending... Uh, to 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 stop embarrassment or to stop any awkwardness, but um, but yeah, it was a really sweet moment. I think we talked a lot about the first season. They uh, took a long time to get some of the plots moving, and with our you know current ten season, ten episode seasons, um, we're not used to being kept in a holding pattern anymore. Mm-hmm. But the speed with which Peter and Walter are reconciling are is not too rushed, uh, so it is believable. Um, yeah, because it took and, an entire season, and it's felt earned. Mm-hmm. And I'd sure hate anything to happen to uh, jeopardize that. Yeah, you know something's going to happen, though. I mean, that's why they're doing it. They're doing it to make us go, oh, that's nice, and then they're mm. going to kick us in the bollocks. Oh, no. I know. So, the next episode um, is called... I can't remember what order we did. Fracture! This just now. Yeah, Fracture. And the synopsis says, Peter, Walter, Olivia, and Broyles, um, can not just say French Division? Pursue a strange and deadly occurrence in Philadelphia where a bomb blew up inside a train station but left no trace of any explosive device. Ooh. So it's a person now, isn't it? But haven't we already yes. done that? <laughs> haven't we already done an exploding person? Um, right, so hit me with some facts, Martin. If you've been hit by a rhythm stick, you might be entitled to Ian Jury compensation. Okay. Um... <laughs> the observer stands in a f- uh, no right that is wrong um, the observer stands in a field near Hughes's house before Amy Jessup finds the bible despite his close proximity to the large number of FBI agents no one appears to notice him well that's that's usually what happens with the observer, observer mm. isn't it yes um, I'm looking at the picture and I can't see the observer I can see a scarecrow yeah, that must be who they're thinking of. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, there's a... Looks like a bald dude right at the far left. Far right, sorry. Um, The house was using the X-Files or something. Yeah, probably was, yeah. Um, So, 
what does the uh, yeah glyphs the cipher? What does that stand for this week? Mirror. Oh, that's a, that's all the facts. There's nothing. There's nothing much. No. Um, and it's quite weird that the picture on the fringe wiki for this episode is them taking out the casket from the ground. Yeah. And the only main character there is Peter. Hmm. Because it's two men lifting out the casket. It's a very strange choice. Um, so, anything else you want to mention in this episode before we wrap up, Martin? My waterline of the week is... Oh, okay. I, 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 I keep forgetting. I plan to urinate in 23 minutes. Right. Yes. Let's go with that one. <laughs> I like the oddly specificness of it. Yeah, well, I like um, I like the follow-up where he says, um, I'm telling you because I'm going to need help unzipping my fly, I can't feel my hand. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all about... The, Walter didn't really have many sort of zingers in this episode. No. Um, so, yeah, welcome to season two where Jeremy forgets the order of the podcast. Um, so let's start the synopsis. Um... Oh uh, no. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have time for. If you would like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter. If you want to go to the website, shifttobench.co.uk. Contact at shifttobench.co.uk is where you can send us feedback. Um, where can people follow you on the internet, Martin? At the Fowler on Twitter. Yeah, very short and sweet. Because um, he hates people and doesn't want anyone to follow him anywhere uh, especially not in real life because that's stalking so thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye bye you done e- cool e- <laughs> shut up <laughs>